0: Welcome to the Magenta Nation podcast series, dedicated to providing fact-based information on the current issues of the day, so people can develop informed opinions and explain their thinking to others. This is Joy Scott, your host. I am a business person and author, and you can read more on this topic at wwwmagentanation Today's topic is the Affordable Care Act which has been the subject of controversy since it was passed during the Obama administration. In the Trump administration, repealing this act was a priority. However, these attempts have not been successful, nor have court challenges to various provisions in the law. So just why is this law so controversial? And is it a good thing or a bad thing for the American people? The ACA, as it is known, was designed to provide health insurance to those who did not have it or could not afford it. There were several components to the law, but in summary, it expanded Medicaid to 138% of the federal poverty level for individuals under 65. It created health insurance exchanges where people who didn't have access to public coverage or employer coverage could purchase insurance with premium and cost-sharing credits made available to make the coverage more affordable. It included new health plan regulations that prevent health insurers from denying coverage to people for pre-existing conditions. It established a requirement that most individuals had to have health insurance beginning in 2014. And it set up penalties for employers that did not offer affordable coverage to employees, with exceptions for small employers. Why was this act so important? It's because so many people in America do not have access to health care because they can't afford health insurance. A record 44.4 million Americans were uninsured in 2013 before the ACA took effect. That means 1 in 13 Americans had no health insurance. This number had been growing over time, particularly during periods of economic downturn, such as the Great Recession of 2009. By 2016, after the ACA was adopted, the number of uninsured had already dropped to $26.7 million, a decline of almost half in just three years. Why did so many people lack health insurance in the United States? The answer lies in how the U.S. health care system is structured. Health care insurance for people under 65 is usually tied to their employer, who will offer health plans to their workers. People who have low incomes may qualify for Medicaid, which are health insurance plans offered at the state level but people who were self-employed, employees at small businesses or other organizations that did not offer health insurance, employees who worked part-time, young adults who were aging out of their parents' plans but did not have employment that provided coverage, and people who had pre-existing conditions made up most of the number of uninsured. Before the ACA was passed, nearly one-fourth of employment-age Americans, those between the age of 18 and 64, did not have health insurance. When the ACA passed, those who acquired insurance were mainly low-income people, people of color, and adults, particularly in states that expanded Medicaid. So why did so many people lack health insurance? There were two major barriers that prevented people from getting this important insurance. The first is cost. The average income for an American family of four is $63,179. The average national cost of health insurance for that family is more than $1,000 a month or almost $13,000 a year, almost 20% of the family's budget. And that's just insurance. Copays and out-of-pocket costs are in addition to these payments. Even with medical insurance, the average American family pays nearly $5,000 per person in 2008 medical coverage and costs. That's a hundred percent increase from 1984. And the cost of care continues to rise. The second reason people don't have health insurance is pre-existing conditions. People with health problems were for the most part shut out of the individual health insurance market. If they didn't have coverage from an employer and they were too young to get Medicare and they applied for insurance on their own, insurers could turn down their applications or else charge such high rates that it was cost-prohibitive. So those who needed it most couldn't get health care. The ACA addressed these issues by expanding Medicaid, offering lower-cost plans to people who were financially in need, and abolishing the option to deny coverage based on pre-existing conditions. So who was signing up for coverage under the ACA, which became known as Obamacare? Enrollment was driven primarily by expansion in Medicaid eligibility, which accounted for almost 50% of the coverage gains. The other half came through enrollments via the ACA marketplace, where people could go to buy individual or family coverage. The expansion of coverage eligibility for dependents also decreased the number of young adults who were uninsured. More people getting health insurance and access to health care sounds like a positive move forward. So why was there such opposition to this law? First, there was ideological resistance. Conservatives and libertarians objected to the idea of the federal government being increasingly involved in health care. They objected to the redistributive nature of the premium subsidy program of the law. Also, there were objections that the individual mandate that people had to act to get health care coverage was an unconstitutional burden placed upon citizens by the government. However, the individual mandate was determined to be a tax by the Supreme Court and thus constitutional. Ironically, the idea of the individual mandate had originally been proposed by those who opposed the ACA now. Some liberals were also critical of the ACA, claiming it didn't go far enough. They wanted more government involvement in the system. In their view, private insurance companies still had too much power, perpetuating the status quo. So where are we today? Currently, there are more than 20 million Americans who have health care due to the ACA or Obamacare. Ironically, during the debates about repealing the law, some of those who favored its repeal didn't know they were covered under it. Clearly, there are many people benefiting from access to health care that they would not otherwise have. Even proponents of the ACA admit that there could be a simpler solution if America had a different type of health care system. The marketplace concept of health care being a commodity is unique to America. Most other countries consider health care a basic right. The ACA had to be designed around the complexities of a healthcare system based on employment, involving health plans, and healthcare providers in numerous contractual relationships that simply aren't needed in other countries. However, a law that does so much good for so many should not be abandoned without another solution in place. So far, no one has come up with that solution. Instead, discussions have gone further toward the notion of achieving universal coverage where all Americans would have health care insurance and access to health care. While some critics say that this solution is too expensive, the reality is that this health care is already provided to everyone. However, for those who are uninsured, it is often on an emergency basis which is much more expensive than proactive preventive care. For example, the average cost of an emergency room visit is about $1,400, compared with the average cost of an office visit to a physician, which ranges between $200 or $300. Consider the individual who isn't able to pay for doctor visit or to take time off from work during the pandemic. That individual is more likely to get infected and much more likely to spread the virus than someone who can stay sequestered at home. To have a healthy community, we need to have everyone having access to health care. Finally, if we look at other countries that do offer universal health care, it seems that their citizens are both happier and healthier. The top five happiest nations in the 2013 World Happiness Report, Denmark, Norway, Switzerland, the Netherlands, and Sweden, all had some form of government-sponsored medicine, while the U.S. ranked 17th on this happiness index. And when it comes to health care outcomes, the U.S. ranks worse than comparable nations in many categories. All cause mortality rates, respiratory disease mortality rates, circulatory system mortality rates, and premature death rates. Only in cancer mortality does the U.S. outperform comparable nations. If our health care system does change, yes, there would be major changes in the workplace as workers employed in various areas of health insurance would shift to other administrative roles. However, the needs of the American population for care would create ample job opportunities for these individuals. In conclusion, while the ACA or Obamacare may not be ideal, it was crafted to accommodate the current model of health care in the U.S. Millions of Americans are getting needed care because of it. It is succeeding in its original goal of helping Americans stay healthy, and that benefits everyone. To read more about how we can bring our country together on these key topics, visit www.magenta-nation.com. Thank you.